as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. Of the V Movies podcast, John Padoki. Hey, how's it going? Glad to be back. All right, we had just wrapped up like a hour long discussion of Blade, and I was like, you know what? Instead of just talking about this Blade, why don't we just talk about uh, the movie or TV uh, superheroes that we just respond to? I'm not talking, you know, best adaptations or best comic book movies just like the best comic book heroes like the badasses is like who happen to have supernatural powers and we just figured you know it could be original or it could be you know loose adaptation a direct adaptation it could be uh something that was a mixture of everything you know so (laughs) for sure um there's been just so many who we swear by. And I think the ones that really stand out the most are ones that somehow inject some kind of level of humanity in between all the stylized ass kicking. And, uh, they're definitely hard to do because I mean, some of these guys really, uh, lean into the anti-hero. Um, yeah, I think that still qualifies, right? I mean, yeah, I always, I, I, I kind of hate the term anti-hero because it's, it, it has this connotation that they're like necessarily to me, it's like realistic hero. There's that. And you know what I mean, like people were doing it even with regular heroes back in the day. It's just, they didn't really talk about, Oh yeah, technically he did shoot a guy who was just a junkie, not necessarily a bad guy, but it, it, it's become even bigger. So starting from where we originally were. Um, yeah. So I feel like, um, I mean, we talked about hero, anti-hero. I mean, more or less, I mean, I think superhero movies are getting needlessly competitive. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of the point where it's like, I should be able to like it all or hate it all or differentiate. I mean, it's okay, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think there's room for the way Marvel does them and there's room for DCs. And DC trying to do what Marvel does is kind of like, listen, just do, just be, just do, as they say, just do you. You know, don't don't worry about trying to copy them or whatever. And then in third place are the are the Universal monsters. Just just do, <laughs> just do what you want to do, and it, you know, 
you don't need to try making them dark epic movies like they sometimes try to and then like i said sadly then you have the universal monsters who are left out in the cold yeah when they were thinking of saying let's have it be like marvel or dc it's like no how about you just have a cool you know fight to the death kind of movie with them all in it you know oh that'd be one way to do it yeah or they or somehow they team up to stop a different evil or something i mean hell that wasn't that what the monster squad was i'm just saying it's (laughs) that's true it was (laughs) so if i had to rank any of these uh superheroes i mean we're gonna do both original creations and comic book adaptations um i'm gonna go with uh number one it being dark man Oh, that's a good one. Parts of it might not have dated well to everybody, but I mean, come on. They tried doing a TV pilot of this. They had two direct-to-video sequels, one of them that was really semi-entertaining. So it's like there was just something about this Frankenstein-type creature meets a, you know, he was not too different from the other Sam Raimi creation that was, you know, Ash and Evil Dead. You know, he was just so quirky and wacky. It was cool seeing Liam Neeson play against type right after schindler's list and actually know before but yeah i totally forgot that was sam raimi too wow yeah yeah and uh it it feel you could easily have it be a double feature with one of the tim burton batmans or even goofier shit like albert peon's captain america there's just something about it that is just very (laughs) laid back and even for an R rating, it's a pretty tame R rating. You could easily show it to a fourteen-year-old; they'll be fine. But it's just—I mean, it's mostly probably for violence, if anything. It's actually, I think, more just from the language. But yeah, there's like some brief violence. But I mean, it's tame. It's not gruesome or gross, it's wacky. Yeah, it's one I totally forget. It's a movie I always forget about. But I remember watching it when I was younger, and it—it was—it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I always it was I was always surprised it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, and Universal get, seemed to give it a big treatment, but yet you kind of wish there was kind of more fanfare for it instead of just oh yeah, that's so good. It's like yeah, but I want more than just movie fanboys talking about. It. I want you know there to be an anniversary screening of this more often. <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, I think the villain is super awesome. The other ways that. The henchmen are treated just like every henchman should be, either as a brief throwaway comedic line or just getting dispatched instead of just this constant, you know, mm-hmm. every, we got to hire, you know, a bunch of famous people to be all this. But no, it's like they, they got all semi-known actors at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson was still only known for just being a bit part actor in UK and US productions. And, uh, you know, Larry Drake, you know, you're talking about freaking – LA law right there so you know just to have just all these minor characters and all these scenes they thought about filming but didn't use because they just thought it would just fly over people's heads they did enough little discretion and freedom of doing what they wanted to do like that they could and it I think it paid off I mean and I, I just this action hero stands out to me because he very much like other stuff around the same time like you know defense and falling down it's just kind of a guy who's just in the middle of everything and then just says all right motherfucker now this is my fight you fucked up my body (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah pretty much yeah Uh, you don't need any other motivation there everything else is just a set piece from that point on and i mean really uh, a lot a lot goes to be said for uh i don't even did i say that right a lot yeah whatever uh, 
<laughs> a lot goes to be said for uh, a good revenge plot, right? Like, yeah. Sometimes it's like all you need to make something good. Why does it have to be some epic world-changing event? Right. You cheated on my girlfriend, and I was always uh, had had a thing for her, even though we never once locked eyes. You know, it, why does everything have to be so twisted to the point of pretentiousness, but also just flat out? bad ridiculous even by comic book standards it can just be they, they, like, do, they do it so people at sundance like it uh exactly it's like okay if you want robert altman you can make a movie for his silly crowd i don't i'm not watching it for that i'm watching it for entertainment <laughs> yeah it can be john wick or it can be equalizer or it can even be something way more demented like taxi driver or one of the better death wishes. I don't know. And, and <laughs> one of the better death wishes. I if there's if, if there's such a thing, I don't know. Um, uh, it, as a whole, I mean, I'd even have to rank number nine, uh, RoboCop. Oh, RoboCop's fantastic. It, 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 and it and it really foreshadowed Detroit too. I mean, as sad as that is to say, it, there's that and. It really pisses me off how so many people do not remember it for being a satire movie. They remember it for being either a scientific movie or an action movie, but they don't really remember. It, dude, the car was called the SUX. The sucks, whatever. Yeah. I mean, come on. It was clearly making fun, poking fun at stuff. A guy gets shot in the penis. I mean, there, there's. Oh, yeah. And the whole corporation is like a cyberpunk nightmare mm-hmm. and just waiting to happen. I mean, who knows been- what that could represent in today's world amazon i don't know <laughs> it's like it's like it's like william gibson and arnold schwarzenegger wrote a book together absolutely and i mean verhoeven I, I miss him to death it's a shame that he's just he got so fed up with hollywood he's like never again he was like all the hong kong legends where you have this dutch filmmaker who's shot all these other famous people's movies in an out of state and here he, you know he had so many opportunities and he just finally said you guys are impossible and it's a shame that it had to go that route i wish he could have made a uh, that last i checked that they were thinking of making a faithful original sequel that he had scripted years ago but i mean that that's going to be a development hell for all we know so it's a shame that this never got a proper 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 sequel oh every everything's development hell exactly it's you know like, one, one of the rare things with robocop was that the sequel was almost as good as the original i thought it was fun at times i just kind of had issues with just some of the other villains just played too much to the camera instead of just being over the top yet in on the joke if that made sense yeah but i could say i could see that i mean i, I mean okay my, my perspective awesome. a, i mean my perspective is a little different but i mean it's fine i mean I I, you know, I I love RoboCame. I, I love. I, I find it ironic that they decide to. I think as much what little satire is there, it is works. It is like how how ironic that the deadliest machine they of course get a felon, a well known mm-hmm. you know arsonist and gang leader and serial killer yeah. for all we know, and it's like hey, sure, why don't we test him out as our newest contraption, make him a robot and. I, I just feel like it ends a little anticlimactic due to studio interference, but. I mean, part three is kind of fun if you just take it as that and don't pay attention to all the awful, you know, catering yeah, to the kids moments. Yeah, but part three, I mean, right in the beginning, the partner gets gunned down, right? Yeah, that that was fucked up. And then it's and like, then he, and then he flies. 
that the flying stuff is pretty cool and yet at the same time it doesn't feel like it belongs in that kind of movie so it's like exactly it's like well how what, what do we do to appeal to the kids well superman flies i mean i'm sure verhoven could have tried something like that at some point it's just they decided to whatever satirical moments that frank miller the comic book writer of sin city was injecting they were always just overriding they had to have their two cents and uh, he's like i gotta add this i gotta add that and i'm like no whatever he's doing let it let it stay yeah. well and that happens a lot oh yeah uh, training days like i kid you not like probably the only script that only got rewritten once and it was already by the same scribe is like every other movie seems to have to be rewritten five to 20 times with all these uncredited people and to appease the writer's guild and it's like do you really want to be known for that? I mean, people keep track of that. People go to the IMDb page and they look at that shit. Well, long, long ago, there was a Mystery Science Theater episode where they're watching a movie and he goes, he goes, four writers on the screenplay. Oh, we're in for trouble. Uh, exactly. He says something to that effect. And it's like, that, that, he's right. You know, I mean, uh, they, they did not it everyone's at, vision is going to be the same vision. They did it about three years ago at when they riffed Anaconda live. <laughs> There's four writers on that piece of shit, and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> this is like for such a silly, wacky creature feature in four people. I mean, it can't be all about the dialogue, can it? Anywho, uh, I think Robocop just appeals because he's both a funny guy and a victim. And I mean, the Jesus Christ symbolism really does work well. And it works as an action movie or a sci-fi movie too, or both, right? Like yeah, yeah. people that don't like science fiction, it's like, well, watch this. All you, like see, you like seeing people get shot in, shot in the nuts? Here you go. There's that. I mean, him using this, you know, data port as a middle finger. It's just like, <laughs> it, it is the ultimate, I mean, satirical look at everything. I mean, I'm, you're surprised at the end that there's no mayor or <laughs> well, some other politician the ultimate satirical look i don't know i got i got one that's i think might be more satirical but all right for number eight all right uh number eight i'm gonna go with demolition man oh yeah so john spartan's the ultimate superhero it, it's such a it's such a it's like the it's like if you if if you picked movies for the dad starter kit to get your kid to watch action movies it would be like commando demolition man <laughs> you I mean, know yeah you know this is for superhero though well, David, he is though, right? Like, oh, look, okay. Okay. Yeah, no, you you look at like he's John Spartan. Superman. He's larger than life. He's you know he's uh and then so Wesley Snipes is a, a Wesley I, Snipes is a supervillain. I guess yeah. So that's fair. So I guess Simon Phoenix is basically freaking Iceman. Well, remember when they bring him out? Not not all that Mister Freeze. Yeah. Well, when they bring him out of cryogenic suspension, Snipes' character Phoenix has all the knowledge of everything to do That's with <laughs> uh with the city and then he gives himself more like fight technique he just downloads everything to himself so right. he really is a super villain and john spartan would be you know you could argue the fact that batman doesn't have any superpowers that's true too and you know so or the punisher yeah there's various moments where they're flat out just referencing Rail. stuff like the Terminator movies and other stuff. And it, it, it's just, it, it's a great movie. <laughs> and that it, Taco Bell won the fast food wars. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger running for president. Yeah. Just all, <laughs> uh, all this stuff that is just 
even more awesome years later and tell all these critics shove it up your ass you I mean, it actually it actually almost got better because we had a toilet paper shortage and what did people start talking about the three seashells oh my god that's great and i mean it, it, it's very satirical on society and where it was headed and like i said he he really is kind of a superhero i mean especially in that time period no one knew how to no one knows how to fight no one knows how to do the stuff he does absolutely and it's just so wild how they go for all this other wacky stuff and, and to the them car, the, the car explodes it, it turns into a foam cannoli <laughs> oh yeah bags, i mean so many great just visual references great chemistry between everybody great oh my god dennis theory Dennis Larry is yeah, and Jack Black is the gang members, and um, oh my God, Jack Black was it? I didn't even realize that. Yeah, he's one of he's one of his right hand guys. He's just kind of looking at him, missing like, but uh, yeah, Sandra Bullock is basically a super cop partner. It's like wow, you know, just to have uh, and, you know, all these diehard type villains, and uh, and it was a good cast. I mean, everybody, it, it, and it, it really looked like they all enjoyed being in the movie. Oh, that you know they did they. And Benjamin Bratt with a shit-eating grin on his face it, it, is great. But <laughs> oh yeah, th- this could easily be a good double feature with RoboCop, in fact, just to have – just see oh, – yeah. I mean, because there's an evil corporation in that one. It, it, it's definitely cyberpunk. It's just like, wow, okay. It, I wish they did make more movies like this. Everybody has to – aside from not knowing how to make a fun movie, just kind of wants to get so bogged down by just – here's what the star wants here. What's the director's wants is like, why don't you guys just get it done and figure it out in the editing room? Yeah. I I don't know how they managed to make demolition man as good as they did. I don't under, I don't know how over yelling at Stuart Baird, what he wanted, I guess. I mean, but it worked. Uh, Joel loves movies. I I, I can vouch for that from other people who've known him, but uh, there's other people who just, remembered you know Stuart Baird who's better known for editing stuff like Skyfall and Die Hard 2 and directing movies like Executive Decision um, and U.S. Marshals he uh, you know that all these it was a typical 90s thing where they 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 made sure the money was on the screen you know regardless of what expensive actors they got Um, and uh, it definitely is interesting how many other movies that go direct to video kind of reference this movie for whatever reason it's like hey the future can be goofy you're coming here for that after all um yeah for number seven i gotta go with the matrix freaking neo was my superhero growing up oh yeah uh just much like any of the characters in the unbreakable glass saga it's just i mean i could give that an honorable mention or you can i don't know i just uh uh with Matrix, it was just very neat just seeing uh, all these people basically train each other, each other to be their own superhero while, you know, combining all these anime and mm-hmm. Hong Kong tropes. Um, video game for that matter. It's basically a video game superhero is what it is. But it's, uh, yeah, Neo becoming the one as a whole, it just... I can't even blame anyone wanting to dress up as him as a cosplayer. Just they take out a sword and just dress up in all black with glasses and just, you know, do the bring it on Kung Fu movement. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and it was such a real life Superman. Time too. Yeah. 
but, but to fly like Superman and slowly learn skills that, that it might be silly. It might be popcorn, but it's kind of inspiring. It really is to just have that guy who's basically a Jedi just go around, be the one. And yeah, I can't say enough good things about Matrix, but. I couldn't tell you how many times I've watched it. And honestly, the minute the movie was over, we left the theater and went to Best Buy and bought the soundtrack even. Like everything <laughs> about that movie was good. The music, oh, yeah. the, yes. the, the soundtrack, the uh, incidental music. The, the noir type filmmaking. Oh, yeah, the, the, the combination of cyberpunk and noir was perfect. The mystery the, the, reveals. Yeah, the Alice in Wonderland-esque uh, illusions. Or, yeah, rabbit hole. You know, where the, yeah, he's got, you know, the the white rabbit on the uh the tattoo or whatever the colorful dialogue uh seeing the super villain that could easily be hans gruber mixed with some other Mm -hmm. super villain yeah just uh as agent smith um morpheus is the most inspiring mentor ever uh trinity is the most sexy yet uh sarcastic tomboy partner and just yeah it's it's fucking awesome and i know the sequels are acquired taste i I actually watch those quite a lot. I just, I love the whole thing, but I know that's a controversial pick. <laughs> well, yeah, but if you like it, you like it, right? Uh, I, I want to be the one. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> oh, dear. So, number six. Hmm. Who would you rank as just an, it can be, we can keep doing the original ones or just one of the adaptations. Well, I mean, let's go. I mean, I know you already talked about this one, but I mean, realistically, Blade, the movie sure. that saved Marvel. I yeah, mean, Marvel absolutely. as a company was almost bankrupt, and then they sold the rights to Blade, and that was when they were like, we can make money selling rights to movies. And right. the thing was, until pre Blade, I don't think there had been a really, really good comic book adaptation. No, not really. Right? Because, like, you know, you know, the Punisher with Dolph Lundgren was, eh. I mean, a lot of them were, were, eh. You know, you watched them as a comic book fan and you liked it because it was what it was. But, man, Blade was – and another one, the soundtrack, the cinematography, everything in that movie. Yeah, and it editing. opens with that rave, it opens with that rave scene with that pounding remix of the New Order song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Confu- I, uh, Confusion by New Order. One of and my it, favorites, it just, yeah. They sp- and then the blood kicks in, and then he's that guy's just sitting there and like, oh, shit. But yeah, man, when, when I look when at Snipes, it now, when Snipes makes that entrance, and this is Snipes, I want to say, like right, was this Snipes right, right after Demolition Man? Yeah, uh, Demolition Man 93, and this is five years later, and so, you know, by then he's already done plenty of other leading man roles, and to finally have him a, a solid franchise that can easily rival anything that Planet Hollywood's done, while also, much like Keanu and Matrix, just had this, you know, slow motion Highlander-esque kind of, you know, immortal vampire who still, you know, has very serious yet dry sense of, you know, right and wrong, having a mentor, having a, uh, to show this everyday gal who's a cool uh, uh, protagonist in her own right, just that everything you know is a lie. Some of these cops are actually vampires. Some of these, Mm -hmm. you know, other guys... Uh, are just up to no good. Uh, some of these Yakuza gangsters are, uh, are control this area because, you know, they're stalkers of the night and I have to keep them at bay literally to 
make sure they don't overpopulate or turn mm-hmm. this whole L.A. city into. Chaos. And the fight scenes were so good. I mean, and, really, and they he, like he, Terminator. He was he was like Neo pre Neo. It was pre Neo, but it was also he had the trench coat, he had the samurai sword. So, yeah, mean, so it's like the Terminator, where it's just seeing this guy unleash chaos in an organized fashion, and like you say, the fights were good, but they they moved the story forward, and that there was some snappy one-liners, and it's like that's all I need to know. You got all these lost boys type villains, and just having them you know it's an action fantasy horror movie and just to see it be so hip and yet deserving of the word cool is like that you know they don't make movies much like that that i can say where you you really feel like they pay off you know no not at all not like they really don't and even a lot of the not until iron man was there another one i thought that was as good yeah uh, i mean to see not just any kind of normal guy see a guy who was raised by a vampire but knows why they're bad and uh, have him be smart but not to where he has it all figured out but mm-hmm. have some other just snappy kind of just uh dialogue that really just kind of what the audience is thinking while also telling you a little bit about himself and if he's not talking then the environment's kind of talking for him it's like mm-hmm. that's that should be how you describe everything and um it it also shows you that a lot of these movies do put some serious effort into creating their world and uh yeah and it was I, another sto- another basically revenge story it, it is a revenge movie yeah and um, i mean it's kind of the what i like to call kind of like lost boys and near dark just the anti-vampire movie where it's like mm-hmm. gone is just only gothic you know seduction instead enter a world where vampires are dicks uh exactly <laughs> much, much they're like not the, sexy they're douchebags uh, yeah much like the x-men they are fighting each other they have their turf wars they have their honor code they might as well be gangsters in a musical they are all they all dance this dance and if you're not dancing like them you know you better get out of their way and uh that's what I also like too. You don't uh, feel like it was all last minute. Um, no, it was, it, even the script seemed very well thought out, very well put together. Yeah, the scripts are actually worth reading. It's a lot I mean, of fun. Oh, really? Uh, the, the, the opening of the opening of uh, the movie number one script has a man enters, you know, a nightclub with a "fuck me sideways" look. I'm like that was awesome to see someone who's <laughs> a description that vivid and off color that that's awesome and uh i definitely like to think of i think a lot of scripts benefit from doing a lot of that nowadays that really mm-hmm. does invite the actor to go to a different place and it also allows the other collaborators to say okay you know we know the rules have conflict have uh don't be over convoluted don't uh, waste time setting it up um totally agree yeah for sure so we mentioned dark man robocop matrix blade demolition man oh yeah demolition okay so, uh, so we don't lose back of the numbers <laughs> i know 10 8, 7, 6. would that wait no that would 
We're at five, right? Yeah, so now we're at five. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Captain America. Uh, I will agree with you, even though it's not my favorite of the... You're talking about the old one or the new one? I uh, the new one. N- newer ones, but... Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no uh, uh, but The first it, adventure. Right, but it's yeah. definitely a rough... It's had a rough past, a lot of, you know, bad movies and yeah, uh, goofy comic books, even politics I can't even really get behind in the comic book, where it's like he's basically just a guy who you saw much like they depict in the first Avenger. He's a propaganda icon, you know, yeah. come on boys, give him hell. But in the movies, it's but kind for of the fun. Time period that he existed. I get why, right? Like, I mean, he yeah. came out during the Nazi occupation of Germany and all that. And so these new know. movies work because they invest so much, uh, you know, three days of the condor and Indiana Jones type espionage. Mm-hmm. It's, it's relentlessly fun. And Chris Evans was just perfect casting in that in terms of just being, you know, the right, you know, getting in shape, but also, mm-hmm. have, you know, he'd been in all these other failed comic book movies and just see him. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, well, there you go. And <laughs> then you got Push, um, which is kind of fun, but kind of it's anticlimactically. And so to have him be very dry witted much like he was in serious movies like Cellular and Street Kings and then finally make get his star on the Walk of Fame, you know, to doing this kind of signature role, you know, that is very much like he's technically part of the Weapons X program, much like Deadpool and Wolverine, and but Wolverine, to see him... Yeah. Like, he's like the original. Right, and to see him actually kind of question everything that he is, realize that... There's definitely know, he, growth, there's character growth for sure, yeah. yeah. And much like Demolition Man, he's frozen and unfrozen. And <laughs> oh my god, that's right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. We'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight! The new podcast cure all sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of They must be destroyed on sight as needed and let the hosts Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host cure what ails you. Warning, may cause atrophy. African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah, tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. 
Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, people. Yeah, yes. I am the master storyteller yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers. Yes. The Google Play. Yes. Apple Podcasts. What else? Podbean. What else? Podcast Addict. Goddamn. All that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere. Worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucker. Hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah. We gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want his hair to say. Ah. 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 Good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you. <laughs> don't, don't, don't run the listeners away, PJ. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at gohpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. If you take two old punk rockers who are past their prime, put them in front of a movie screen and give them a podcast, what do you get? Cinema punks. Cinepunks. It's the mixtape of movies. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Oh, necrophilia. Oh, oh, oh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. It's unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this, like, little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. 
and we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. It's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one life's blood holes are gratuitous boobies It's time to get busy With your friend Steve and At eilfm.podbean.com Hi everybody, it's Mac Jackson I wanted to invite you to a new site called the Forever Adventure Network This website has everything. Pictures, videos, blogs. There's original music by Harmony Constant. Two podcasts. One is the MacGyver podcast, where we celebrate Richard Dean Anderson, his iconic roles, and how it's influenced our lives. There's episode discussions, interviews, and life conversations. The second podcast is is the Never Gets Old podcast, where we celebrate all the best things that we love in life, from TV, movies, music, and comics. The site is also the home for the MacGyver SG-1 audio series, an ongoing adventure series that continues the adventures of MacGyver and SG-1. There are also multiple stores to choose from for all of your pop culture, and adventure needs. Come on by and check us out today. And thanks for joining the adventure. We now continue with our program. And all these other guys, they're they're super soldiers just like him and we don't have just the guy who, you know, has, you know, you know, is the size of a bug. A, a giant mutant bug. Instead, you got just guys who are other soldiers, renegades from the same program, and he has to question if they're actually doing the right thing or if he can convince them to unite with him to fight against a greater evil. So I think the reason he's always going to impress on every screen that he's on is that he's just kind of a mixes an everyday kind of icon with. Uh, just other uh, just one man army kind of tropes and Mm -hmm. that's kind of the draw so I have a confession to make though I like Chris Evans I like him cast as uh, Captain America I I like how the films are made but I'm just not a big Captain America fan and it's hard for me to get past that you know what I mean like you mean as from the comics or just as just in general like I Captain America and Superman are two characters that, to me, 
are just so goody goody most of the time that I'm like, oh god, I, no. Like I'm much more the Batman anti-hero kind of person. So yeah. I think Chris Evans was fantastic was fantastic as him and I I think over time I liked him better in the newer movies where he's had more growth and realized that the government's not always looking out for everybody the way he thinks. I guess I just kind of cheated cuz uh Joe Johnston just kind of injected a lot of the same stuff that he did with the Rocketeer, just that whole escapism. That's a a great movie too. Um, But I mean, I agree they're good. I I mean, I can't say it's a bad movie, put it that way. I I just, if it was- It doesn't resonate as personally to you. I I get it. Yeah, yeah. But I think Chris Evans did a fantastic job. I loved watching them and I love the bloopers with him. They're great. Oh, really? And the chemistry with him and Robert Downey Jr. in the Avengers movies is fantastic. Yeah. So I mean, there's even a lot the, I like. Yeah. Even the Hulk, just to have oh, that kind Mark of Mark Ruffalo. What a great he was great for that role. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't Mark Ruffalo make a great Columbo? I wouldn't be down to see it. It it couldn't hurt. You would oh. definitely have lots of just kind of fun uh daringness, if you will, just mm-hmm. to say, okay, you know. Sorry, that was a little off that was a little off topic, but yeah. But I mean I, I agree, Captain America deserves to be in the on the list it's like i said just not my exact favorite but i i understand why people like it it's fine and i give it a ton of props for what it did sure it's number four I'd be deserving of that uh i'm i'm gonna throw the one i mentioned a second ago out there scott pilgrim versus the world oh mm. no yes I'm not really a Edgar Wright guy, but I understand why people like it because he's a everyday kind of geek who decides I'm gonna stop taking shit and get the girl of my dreams. Well, plus, yeah, I mean, but I mean, it it, it is based off a comic. Um, it made ter- it made Canada look way more awesome than it is because you collect <laughs> coins for killing people. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it, when you look at the cast that's in that movie. You had Captain Marvel in that movie. You had Superman in that movie. You yeah. had the Punisher. You had a lot of actors that were helping poke fun at the genres, right? Which was right. kind of which I thought was fun. It was it was almost like a Naked Gun about comic book movies. Yeah, it was kind of sky high Naked Gun. Yeah, and I and I enjoyed uh, some of the scenes. I thought I'm not a huge fan of um, who's the actor that's in it, the main guy. Uh, Michael Sarah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge Michael Sarah fan, but I enjoyed him as Scott Pilgrim. And uh I guess yeah, I'm kind I, of more of a Hancock guy, so that that's a good one too. I mean I'm not, I can't discount that. But I, I just thought it was fun and it was it was it was nice how they they melded reality with comics in that movie, I thought. Like when they're when they're having the battle of the bands and the two DJ guys have that giant dragon appear. Yeah. And like, then they're like the grunge punk band and this like weird looking like mutated hulk shows up right yeah i i I like the scenes like that all good but yeah it was was cool seeing a lot of the uh actors who had previously been in comic book movies or would be destined for greatness like chris evans you know play characters in that movie for sure man number four some steep competition now (laughs) Who could be the top three? I mean, shit. Obviously, I don't think any of us are going to go for Superman because, I I mean, when you got someone who's going to just get back up after you take the kryptonite out of them, that's not really a challenge, is it? You know? uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I give DC credit over the years in the comics for making him, like, more vulnerable. I mean, there have been some, you know, bad guys that took him down pretty good. But, you yeah, put, I wouldn't put any of his movies in the top. I wouldn't put any of his movies on the list, to be honest. Would you rank uh, Spider-Man in there somewhere? Because he's kind of just an over-the-top asshole who's got uh, grandparent issues. Or no, uh, it's Uncle Ben, technically, yeah. Um, and just having this just kind of a video game kind of antics, kind of like Deadpool, just jumping around. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Because, like, I really liked the first Sam Raimi one. Again, it's one of those cases where I didn't like the – I don't normally like the guy that played him, Tobey Maguire, but I liked the Sam Raimi movie. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe I, go I with Deadpool. I can't say I would. I, but Deadpool would be closer. Um, okay. They never really made a good Punisher movie. So, yeah, <laughs> sadly, Punisher, that's not in there. <laughs> I, I kind of do like Punisher, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. You take it away, it would just be a simple revenge movie. There's nothing really to it. No real. You just changed the name. Well, and even the show, I remember everyone was like, I like it, but I got bored at certain points because it's not, you know, other than my interest in the comics, there's not really anything to it. It's like, uh, yes. You know, there, there's some other options, right? You have um, Red. Oh, Red. Red's a Red. good pick. Uh, That's fantastic. Having these A-team expendables guys and how they're kind of... And they're senior citizens. Yeah, senior citizens having the the whole kind of... They're fighting all these born identity Manchurian candidate type people. And And there's some great dialogue too. Absolutely. And uh, if you didn't have all the Tarantino dialogue, they'd easily be like V from V for Vendetta. Just having this all, this whole just kind of is like, yeah, people fucked with us. I don't care who you are. I'm going to fuck w- with you back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not technically superheroes, but. I mean, comic book adaptation, so that's all good. Yeah. They're kind of super. They kind of are, right? Because, like, is it Helen Mira that's in it? And she's yeah, like, she's a, a super assassin. She's like 70 and, years old. And, and she's she can, talking to the one, the younger girl. And she's like, if you, if she say like, if you hurt him, I will kill you or something. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and, and, well I mean, actually, Anthony Hopkins is a James Bond type villain, but he puts on this whole act for the whole time. Uh, I don't know who I am. I'm supposedly a very brilliant scientist. Well, to be, to be fair, Malkovich might very well be a superhero. Oh yeah, yeah, and he was fantastic. To have so that him, means, so that that's in the that's up there as one that we could choose. He, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, he he doesn't know how to kind of. Uh, if you put him alongside, yeah, uh, Morgan Freeman and uh, even Byung Lee's uh, villain turned uh, ally, you know that they, they, you know they they put on this public image, but you take that away, their batshit bananas will gladly kill people. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, not break a sweat about it. I was like, yeah, that was kind of fun. I enjoyed that a little too much, and I have no regrets. Uh, um, so, I mean, that that's one that, you know, would be something we could consider, right? I, go for it, man. I, it, it needs more love. I'm still waiting on part three, and it's never going to get made. <laughs> oh, I know. All right, well, I, I'm going to say that. I'm going to go with that one then. Go for it. Uh Bruce Willis is having fun there is Frank Moses. Mary Louise Parker is kind of also a fun heroine of the team because uh, she's just a geeky girl who does it, who's, you know, in this conserved lifestyle and she finds that she gets off on their violence. She likes it and 
must yeah. be one of them. She looks up to Mirren's assassin gal and uh, all the other guys telling you, you know, you got to be with these men of danger. They're, they're awesome. I, I, will, I will say that they also didn't make her like a 19-year-old girl, right? No, like no. She, she, she's not old. But she's maybe what thirty thirty she's something younger, like just graduated early thirties, okay, yeah. maybe mid to late twenties. Yeah. So she's not, you know, it's not like too creepy that him and her get together. There's that nice. and movie number, and they're both share unusual Frank. They always surprise each other, and that's why they all bond even more. And I love in movie number two where. Uh, they're in the embassy. They've been going the whole movie, kind of. She's been learning how to do the whole James Bond disguise lingo, and they've been having to find out different ways to dispatch everybody since they're unusually tough assassins for both their age and their skill set. And so mm-hmm. then it's just so funny when they go for the embassy and they all shoot the guards all at the exact same time, <laughs> <laughs> and and the music with it is just perfect. And it's like. And the creator of the comic even approved of the movie. It was like of a Vertigo DC or whatever. Vertigo, yeah. It was a vertical and, vertical one. Yeah, and, and he approved of it. He's like, yeah, changes need to be made. I'm just glad that you guys even wanted to adapt my property. So I'm going to make the rework on it with you guys and make sure these assassins are at least somewhat likable and not just nihilistic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do whatever I want. Falling down idiots. No, they're actually pretty smart and they're yep. always having settling down until their house gets blown up then they decide no no one's fucking with us that's right uh so that's number three now i know you probably have a was that number three yeah right yep 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 now i know uh, you have, i know you have something cooked up for number one. Oh well but so i'm gonna toss this one out here i'm gonna toss in a monkey wrench oh. and we could either keep it put it at number two or just keep it off the list Go but this tur- this has an all-star cast Chris Evans is in this one. It's based off a comic book and no one knew. And I thought it was just a lot of fun. Much like Red. No. The Losers. Oh, well. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Chris Evans, Idris Elba, Zoe Saldana. I'll do you one better. Why not just replace it with The Expendables? That's tough because I really liked Jeffrey Dean Morgan in this. (laughs) And I really like Chris Evans in this because this was so out of Evans' like like you okay evans is captain america in this he's a computer geek yeah his computer geek is kind of the only thing i really remember about this movie and i like morgan i just i don't know i um but the expendables yeah you know mm, barney could, ross and all those other guys and then, like i said i'm just throwing this one out there we could substitute the expendables for it that works for me too because expendables i mean come on it's class, having it's lee christmas uh, yin yang yeah. and yeah. Uh, what's Terry Crews' character? Hell Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> and just the way he's just, he's that much like Malkovich where he's just, here's how you load an AA-12, you know? <laughs> That's true. Uh, we can go with the Expendables. I'll give you that one. Uh, it, I'm still and Statham, Statham, Stallone. I mean, it, Snipes, I, Banderas. I'd like to, I'd really like to see another one where it's like, I'd love to see. Of Van Damme. Oh, I'd love to see Jeff Speakman. But I mean, from the perfect weapon. I mean, he's one of the few guys that made a couple movies, but that was like legitimately a badass. Yeah, a lot of people were like us uh, were hoping there wasn't going to be any direct video icons, and I'm like, I'm sorry, you gotta have freaking. Oh, there's there's plenty of them. You could have Joe Laura, Frank Zagarino, any of those new Don the Dragon Wilson. Oh, 
Uh, I mean, I don't know what right I don't know there. what that. Oh I'm kind of I'm kind of, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I'm joking, dude. I, just, <laughs> I know, I know. But, but yeah, I mean, you could have the other Jeff, uh, Jeff Wincott. Yeah, would be his right hand man. And... Like I would, I would it, it, seriously. They should just keep making them like Dancing with the Stars does, and just keep going further down the line. Oh yeah, like, go from A to B list, dude. Th- get, give better writers. Give, give, give give me Bruce Campbell as the leader. Give me, you know, Jeff Speakman and, you know, whoever else. I'd be totally happy with that. Oh, better yet. Uh, it could even cross – some of the same people who are working on the Hitman's Bodyguard. It could cross over into that. That'd be a lot of fun. There you go. And then have Mike Banning from Olympus has fallen make a random cameo and be like, oh, don't I know you guys? There yet, yeah. Just have Gerard Butler from Law Abiding Citizen as the bad guy. Wouldn't it be cool to see uh, – because Jet Lee's in the first one, right? Wouldn't it be cool to see – like, all free. Yeah, wouldn't it be cool to see like Chow Yun Fat? Yes, John you know, Wu. I mean, there's so many Johnny Yun. Yeah, there's so many iconic martial arts masters from like the '80s and '90s. Hell, Jackie Chan. They were, yeah, they tried to get him and Pierce Brosnan in a few different ones, and just never seemed to work out. But you, yeah, you could even have Liam Neeson as a bad guy at the start, and he gets kicked in like the ass or something, and he's like, "Oh my god." I thought I had a special set of skills or some random shit like that. And yeah, <laughs> they go on to the next, they, they, they can yeah. literally do the next one, like a video game where basically everybody is there making their cameo. Tom Selleck appears as the new CIA chief. He's like, he's got a Hawaiian you. shirt on. Yes. He could have a Hawaii. Yeah. Is that his, or better yet, he could even say, well, what do you think I do? Go around all day throughout Miami. Driving a Ferrari? <laughs> yeah. Driving around Fer- driving a Ferrari in Hawaii? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just have some other like little minor thing that uh, you could have Hasselhoff as a evil villain. <laughs> oh, Hasselhoff would have been great to have had it. Don't hassle me, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, he would have been great. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean the third one Robert Patrick. It doesn't what? even need you know, like I hate watching seeing IMDb ratings because they go down for each movie. It's it, they, no, yes. it, it's not supposed to be an Oscar-winning movie, right? It if you can handle a goofy Bollywood movie and give it an eight out of ten for the absurd. Uh, Plus, come on, Ke- Kelsey Grammer was in the third one. Oh yeah, Fraser Crane, Three Antonio Banderas. I mean, come on, playing a guy named Rapido. <laughs> and then Mel Gibson playing a guy who's not too dissimilar even says the same famous line from Desperado how many guys does it take to kill one guy yeah I mean yeah I, I they could easily just keep going on it I, I, I would I would I would just be they beat Fast and the Furious into the ground uh, there you go they and could, I think this has more potential to keep going than that did uh, that or Mission Impossible even you know you Oh yeah, my buddy. My buddy thinks that the Mission Impossible movies, the last like three or four, have been better better than the last couple of Bond movies. I kind of agree with them, which hurts a little bit because right. I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan, really. I, I mean, I like a lot of movies he's in, but he always plays the same character. Oh, right? Exactly. Like, like Cole been... Trickle is the same is the same character as Maverick is the same character as however many other ones where he starts off being a douchebag, becomes humbled, and then saves the day. Right. Anyone could have been in A Few Good Men or a Minority Report. So it's just like, okay. Yeah. I, uh, he, people make the mistake that because you're in good movies, you're a good actor. It's like, well, an editor can do anything with anything, you know? Well, well <laughs> yeah, you're right to a point. <laughs> well, that's just it. And there's always going to be performers who vary by audience. I, I mean, half these people on the list, I know many people who hate them with a the passion. They hate Arnold, they hate Will Smith, they hate. <laughs> 
uh, any, uh, they won't give any movie they're in the time of day just because they hate them that much. And that's a shame. It's like, I like to at least watch the movie and then say, you know, hey, I don't like the star, but that movie's kind of entertaining. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Well, hell, if we're going to, we can't do the Punisher. So can we do Commando? Hell yeah, we can do Commando. <laughs> First off, any, any, Schwarzenegger movie, any Schwarzenegger movie, he is a superhero. Absolutely. Uh, and so, that, that's what I enjoyed about the 80s action movies like that. Everyone's like, oh, they're just bro movies. There's so too much t- testosterone. There's no plot. You know what? The good guy never dies. Just like, guy, in a, like, and to me, that's how video games are. If I'm playing a good guy, I shouldn't die at the end of the damn game. I don't need this to be like a, a Sundance like film festival movie. And you watch Commando, yeah. and it, it, it Commando enveloped like two different generations of action from the 70s through the 90s. Oh, yeah. And people, you're talking video game generation, people, oh, one liners, where the one, yeah, exactly. Um, and to, have a super James Bond villain dressed in chainmail. Have a unlikely heroine who basically knows how to use a rocket launcher. It's just like to Tommy Chong's daughter. Yeah, Ray Don. Oh, <laughs> Ray Don Chong. Um, yeah, yeah, she was. Um, and to uh, have this guy who's basically an emotionless killing machine, only knows how to you know smile and raise his daughter. To have him say a daughter that was cast so horribly that there'd be no way he could have been her dad yeah (laughs) i don't know what the mother was but yeah okay (laughs) um to have this kind of just uh unusual tour de force all these memorable henchmen who you look forward to their comeuppance and yeah the fictional country of valverde which i wish they would use more often in movies Mm -hmm. it was like I, I swear I will do that in a movie and I, no one will care, but I will do that next time. I will, be, I will use the Oceana Airlines that they use in every other movie or show. And then I will, and then I will say, yes, he's free. I'll have a dead, downright serious movie and I'll see if someone catches the, you know, two tours in Valverde. Hey, I told you I'd be more than happy to work on writing a, a, a pointless action movie with you. Oh well, I'm doing some hitman in prison themed movies, so I you, that's what you I think you sent me that one. Uh, oh I yeah, it. it was pretty good. I liked it. Okay. <laughs> so I I guess that's kind of the basis for Matrix. He's technically, if you take it away, he's kind of a terrible person, but because you start out the movie with him doing what every man d- does, which is work around the house and not be happy at all just you know breaking a sweat chopping down trees <laughs> yeah but you know is is john matrix really a bad guy i mean he was a yeah shit, no you know but I mean? it's like uh, basically he's haunted by shit, this maybe guy a shit, maybe a shit father i mean I don't know. <laughs> yeah he, he let his daughter get into danger but yeah he, the fact that he basically doesn't he, he you combine it with the whole don't take shit from anybody instead of just uh he basically refuses an offer from someone who's going to re you know reassign him and then he doesn't admit that the guy's right but he asks for his help and the guy's like i'll stall you you have till the rest of the movie to figure this out i don't i know you can invade that island (laughs) um and so yeah by jim cotta logic ballistic x versus cyber logic just having all this this even showdown in freaking little tokyo you know logic just having this guy who you know, 
uses everything at his disposal, but instead of being just John McClane or Jason Bourne or even freaking Jack Bauer or anybody on the unit, he basically he has MacGyver type uh, mentality where he's able to just kind of just make a big deal out of anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've never seen them all with that many cops, but that that alone makes the movie even better. <laughs> when he picks up the, the phone booth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, literally just wrap a little round. And, uh, There's I mean, nothing about that that doesn't make him a superhero. And it's funny because we could have picked the movie where he was a comic book superhero. Oh, Last Action Hero? I just don't think that was that good a movie, though. Yeah, exactly. It, and I felt, I, it, it was so weird because that came out right around the time Demolition Man did. Yeah, and I remember in that they said that, like Stallone was all the was like the Terminator. In, when yeah, they were, yeah, like, the, they were having their so they, rivalry back yeah, then, they much were, like but, Jay Leno and Letterman. Yeah, but it was like a fun. It was like fun, right? Like they didn't seem to hate each other. And I've had fun with it growing up, but I would never, ever in a million years put it as his top ten. It's a fun movie to a point, but there's so many other movies that I think do that concept way better. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. It just wasn't. It just like, didn't. Uh, Commando is the type of movie. Commando is a better movie with less budget. <laughs> uh, yeah, and more flaws, and yet it, it does it with glee. More script. <laughs> and more, uh, yeah, it, it's not Samurai Cop where you're just laughing at the screen and it's like, okay, this is a different kind of shit sandwich. This is a shit sandwich <laughs> made with love. It would be wonderful to be put it in a double feature with some arguably better movie like True Lies or Eraser. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, even one of the Terminators, just to see how a man who didn't ever think he was going to be taken all that serious, but believed in himself and was willing to have so much fun with this movie and with someone else who had done so many exploitation, you know, action horror movies, and just everybody's just firing on all cylinders just saying, hey, we don't care. We are doing what we want to do. This is Michael Bay before it's a thing, you know? it's yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, like the 80s, that, that, that was full of that, right? Like we just, uh, it hasn't posted yet because we're in the process of switching some stuff over, but we just <laughs> recorded um, a synopsis of Miami Connection, Woo! which is by all means not a great movie, but no. I, at the end of watching it, I was like, I don't know what it was. I felt good about it. I'm like, I enjoyed this. I, like, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't place it. And we were reading about like the history of it and stuff. And really the guy that wrote is just like, Hey, I want to, I want to write a movie that like he was watching the talk show with this, this Taekwondo expert on it. And he's like, Hey, I want to make a movie about Taekwondo. And they like, he's like, to, like <laughs> and they did. And I'm like, you know, there, there's some corny ass shit in it, but <sighs> why do I have a feeling that's in the same universe as Samurai Cop? It probably is. Maybe <laughs> Commando also. Um, but it, it just, it ended up not being a horrible movie the way I expected. Like when it first started, cause they're like, they're it like comes a, on TCM. So yeah, well, yeah. Well, everything does. They, uh, <laughs> they, they might as well just get rid of the C part of that, that name. Right. Turner movies. But, yeah. So they come, it, they, it opens and they're, they're like a, a new wave band of college people, except for the guy that leads them. And they all live together and they have this convertible Impala oh, and they end up yeah. fighting like drug dealers and biker gangs. It's like right. playing. It's like playing Renegade, the video game from the '80s or something. Oh my God! Yeah, Walker <laughs> you know, Texas it's, Ranger. Yeah, it's just so ridiculous. But that's that's how you know that's. But it had the same quality you said with Commando, where you felt like they wanted to make this, they enjoyed making it. 
Oh, and they loved it. Even yeah, if it wasn't cool. great to other people, they are proud of it. And that's how that movie was. Like the yeah. dude, the guy, the guy was shot down by like nine movie studios. They're like, dude, this sucks. Don't make it. Right. <laughs> He's going like, out and did it. Like they it, ever checked a thing in their life, you know? Yeah, but I mean, I guess it's like, like you said, it it was an unlikely success. Commando was clearly more successful than Miami Connection. Although in <laughs> retro, although I guess like Miami Connection has a huge following now, but Commando always had a following. So right. yeah, I'll I'll agree with you completely on that one. Yeah, I just figure it's referenced time and again. I mean, it's even in reference to Deadpool. I love it the end where he goes, Commando. <laughs> and people I know thought, oh, he's referring to as no underwear. I'm like, no, he's referring to the One Man movie. Army movie yep. classic. I mean, come on. He referenced all the Takens. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's ones we could have thrown on there that, that always. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely do another one. We were supposed to have a few other people on here and I'm just gonna talk. I'm gonna toss two honorable mentions out. Big Trouble in Little China. Fair enough. Which I'm not the audience for it, but I totally understand the love. I absolutely get why people love Jack Burden and Kim Cattrall. And plus, uh, it's the it's the predecessor of the Mortal Kombat, like a guy that looks just like Raiden's in it. Right, right. Uh, I, I guess I don't know. I just respond so much more to Showdown Little Tokyo, even though it's clearly not a well-made movie. That, but it's, it's a good movie, though. That is a good flick. It's just so much fun, and it even has the bad guy from Mortal Kombat. So I mean, <laughs> it's true, it does. Uh, and the other one I would toss out there be, would be a uh, Crank. And you had Crank. You could probably put Falling Down because he's kind of the more Punisher than the Punisher. Oh yeah, Falling Down is the best Punisher movie they made. Uh, you, <laughs> Yeah, but the, thing with, the thing with crank is once he gets drugged up he is he he has to be a superhero he's absolutely a superhero he is a douchebag who kills other douchebags and make doesn't make sure that you don't forget it he is the anti-transporter he is the he is the guy who just pretty much he comes into your house and you don't ask any questions and he gives you give him what he wants <laughs> no right the funniest thing about that movie was that everyone gave me shit for liking because they're like, well, the end's so unlikely. I'm like, hang on a second. You, you have it. no problem with any of the other shit he does in the movie. The impossible car you like all this, Yeah, you like all these other <laughs> movies with all this impossible shit. The thing that happens like two times a year where someone falls out of a plane and a chute doesn't open and they somehow live, that's the part you think is far-fetched. The thing that really does happen occasionally is where you draw the line. Right. I'm like, what? Come on. But nah, it's been fun, man. That's a good that's a that's a good ten uh all means. Uh we might even have to mention some Dolph Lundgren heroes that should have gotten their own sequel because he's got plenty. Um uh, I'll throw Rucker Howard movies. There you go. I'll throw in some other honorable mentions. Uh yeah, MacGyver. I mean oh, yeah, no yeah. explanation needed. Uh yeah. the original. Uh Jack Bauer, Kiefer Sutherland on twenty four, just uh, the the yeah. whole I feel his pain. I feel his cliches. I feel all these guys being their own kind of more serious version of uh, Nikita, James Bond, and just having. Yeah, I'd like to feel their paychecks. <laughs> right. And it's just, it is a fun show, despite being just as depressing as any of the Law and Orders or CSIs. And yet mm -hmm. having all these fun villains, all these diehard speed type scenarios and Hitchcock level suspense and Condor level political assassinations. It's, it's, I, I never get sick of rewatching that show. Um, 
the man with the iron fists, even though it's just supposed oh, to be just yeah. a 70s Bruce Lee tribute, I do kind of like how he starts out as a wimpy guy, and yet you have all these cameos. They don't really feel forced at all. You have Pam mm-hmm. Greer in there, Sonny Chiba, but they actually feel like part of the story instead of just we had a famous person there for one day let's get someone like the hammer or somebody you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um I, you know I, i'd even toss in blind fury the rucker hauer one uh, that would totally be a superhero movie because he basically yeah he's and he's blind blind and he's <laughs> learning how to be a samurai or he is a samurai already yeah and he's, yeah he learned he, he's left for dead in vietnam and is taught how to fight in the way of whichever type it is and there and you, you know, and they didn't they didn't take the safe route. They didn't make the movie in Vegas. No, no, no. They went to poor man's Vegas. They went to Reno. <laughs> Nevada. There you go. <laughs> How about uh Duncan McCloud on the Highlander TV show? Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Or any um, of the any of the Highlanders. There you go. Even the Highlander villains, because they were supposedly good people at times before they got killed in whatever war they were in. Well, realistically, like if you're a Highlander at at some point, you're going to have to kill another Highlander. There's that, and it's kind of fun seeing all the other guys who don't really serve the story but are in the background and basically the peacekeepers who get killed and because mm-hmm. they always have, like, one line of dialogue. And it's like, I want to actually, much like any of the Jedi Knights or Sith Lords, actually like to see you guys be in some fights before you die. But, yeah, it's funny how they basically, because each time they die, they not only take all the guys – uh kills and powers and immortality but it's like a video game you get all these extra mm-hmm. points and everything it's like if they're like, were they're like super, the alien <laughs> yeah there you go yeah and like the predator you hunt for sport and then you have all this other shit where basically you basically it's like if you were a super gangster in a uh, 2d fighting game video game and you basically you got all your street cred <laughs> i killed you but now I not only like Grand Theft Auto own all the block, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, everybody knows me for being you for being actually me because I'm you now. Ah. The Mortal the first Mortal Kombat movie was pretty good too. Yeah, and I actually kind of like Paul W S Anderson as a filmmaker because he really me does. Too. I get so much crap for that, but I, I look at his list of they movies. They always go like, don't like you it, mean... like it, like it, like it, <laughs> right? And they're like, "What you mean, Paul?" Uh, Thomas Anderson? I'm like, no. Fuck that. I love Paul W.S. Anderson. I love Pompeii. Mm-hmm. Soldier Can Be Fun. And uh, what's the other one? Uh, AVP Unrated. Always go with the Unrated. Um, Didn't he do uh, Silent Hill? No, but pretty close. Um, I, I like that guy, too. He did Crying Freeman. So, there you go. Just a superhero. Yeah. Oh, man. We can go on and on, but we probably shouldn't. It's all good. You, you got things. You got things to do. Yeah. I, oh <laughs> fuck! I should have already prepped dinner. So, Johnny, where can we find you on the interwebs? You could find us on the interwebs on Facebook. You could look us up for at the Attack of the B Movie Podcast or at Potoki Creative. P O T O K Y Creative. Um, we soon will be. We're on lots of the other platforms. If you search for the podcast, it shows up. Uh, oh we have like, yeah. We have like five or six episodes waiting to be posted. Um, and we'll be probably posting those soon. We'll be part of the Squabble Box family for those. So. Don't attack him, B-movie fans. <laughs> so uh, we'll still be doing what we do best, which is 
in it, review really or talk about really, really what most people consider bad movies that we love. Oh yeah. Uh, I may be, I may be, I may have another project coming up that I'm thinking of doing too, based oh. off the B movie podcast. I, I gotta see if James is game for it. If he wants to do two, or if not, I gotta find someone else. But I, yeah, I'd like here. to do another one. Of that. Yeah, I was gonna say, and I, you'd be a good guest host, a good guest guy, and still with some of the other guys. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you about it a little bit later on. But yeah, I, I got a good, like, good idea. So, but yeah, you can find us at Potoki, or it's not PotokiCreative.com, but it's PTKYCreative.com. Yeah, you're always posting some memes and updates on there and you keep up. Yeah, I got a bunch of articles. Like, we took like a bit of a hiatus. I, I was moving at the time and um, a lot of stuff was going on. So we're coming back with more stuff. It's just a matter of getting, you know, getting back into groove, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we don't plan on stopping, so. I'm pretty happy sure. about that. And I, I love being on your show, too. I mean, you know, so. Anytime, but man. Yeah. But, yeah, I appreciate having me on, man. It's always, it's always a pleasure. It's always a good Anytime. time. It's, it's like such a nice walk down memory lane. I feel 10 years younger. Well, and that's what we should be doing instead of. <laughs> until, I, until I get up on my knee. Oh, my look back. what so-and-so posted. I hate them now. Or I love them now. Yeah. It's like, why not? What? appreciate like what you like and just accept the fact that other people like things and that you don't and don't like things you do. Well, and sometimes I hate to even sound this way. Sometimes the more fucked up a certain famous person is, the more you have to joke around. Mm-hmm. Oh, Charlie yeah. Sheen being Charlie Sheen is the best thing that ever happened to Charlie Sheen because that's all Charlie Sheen knows. And he embraced it. He embraced it. Uh, he might not be actually winning anymore, but you can't tell me <laughs> you haven't used that line. Tiger blood. Dude, the guy was winning. The guy was winning for like fifty years. Oh, baby! <laughs> so now I know why people respond to him. He's like, he might be a coke addicted, whore banging loser, but he's our kind of loser. I want to be just like that motherfucker. He's almost a superhero. Uh, he kind of is in Hot Shots too. So there you go. Yeah, it's true. Uh, the Wraith. Yeah, the Wraith. Yeah, he gets transformed, killed, and transformed into like a killing robot or some Car. shit kind of thing yeah 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 and he's a transformer there you go <laughs> he's the only he was the only one to survive the movie platoon yeah. well, the only one but one of the few oh well hell why didn't we mention rambo fuck <laughs> uh, rambo <laughs> murdoch i'm coming for you um oh, yeah. we didn't even think about that one shit <laughs> and actually not even rambo rambo 3 would be the more superhero oh one. yeah that he is takes the... on the soviet army <laughs> Yeah, that no need to adapt Call of Duty or the video game Mercenaries Game of Destruction. That that that's nope, that was it. It was done. Yep. He shoots down a helicopter with a rocket launcher with an RPG from another helicopter. Oh yeah, and have at one time he like ducks and all these highly trained Russian Soviets who are like somehow don't know that the Cold War is over and have taken over parts of Afghanistan still are like shoot each other by accident and it's like uh Ah, we, you know, we we could have saving tri- Bin Laden. Yeah, yeah. We could we could have put Triple X on that list too. Oh, there you go. Zodder Cage. Everyone, everyone, everyone gives me crap about that. I still like that first one. Ah, I just love the third one, man. Because I've not seen the third yet. He makes fun of the whole franchise. Both he and Ice Cube make fun of their silly earlier installments. And at one point, he's tracking Donnie Yen, a suspected terrorist. He sees him from across the room, and next thing you know, they lock eyes. And 
Next thing you know, they're right beside each other. After all this buildup, <laughs> you think they're across the fucking room, and in like in typical Jim Cotta Miami connection, they're, hey, yeah, what? That's okay. Awesome. I got I gotta check that one out. I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the first one. I, I did. Oh yeah, and he does total throwbacks to the whole. I live for this shit. He does so many. Just he does even a more over the top plane crash if you will, just to finish out the whole fucking movies. Like, oh my God. And I, I kid you not, me and my pal JB from college, we saw that opening night. I was exhausted. I had work the next day and we, we just said, fuck it. Let's go see this movie opening night on Friday. And we we're like, ego, 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 loved it, loved it, loved it every minute. I don't care if it's intentional or not. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's awesome. But it's pretty uh, self-aware while also being overkill, but it, it's it's a fair enough counter to the Expendables. They're supposedly gonna maybe try another one. I think it made enough money back in China, but it should totally. I would I be fine with him being one more. I'd be good with. I'd rather him be Zonder rather than whatever the fuck his name is and Fast being oh, yeah. Brotherhood. Dominic Toretto. Yeah, I yeah that I there's nothing to that character. There really isn't just other than I'm a point break wannabe. It's like, no, you should have made sequels to point break yeah, rather yeah. than freaking remake point break and then do a dozen Fast and Furious in space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, I'm going to let you go because you need to start dinner. Unfortunately. But, no, always great having you on here. Thanks, man. Appreciate uh, it. And, anytime. Uh, uh, just let right. me know uh, what schedule you come across, and I'll make time. us on the web on facebook twitter and instagram the podcast is available on podbean spotify iHeartRadio, anchor apple and anywhere else podcasts are available feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites thanks a million for listening it's a jacked up review show